0: You're listening to the Art View 42 podcast, your resource for all things creative. We sit down and speak with today's leading contemporary artists where we dive into their lives and creative process. This episode is sponsored by Space 42, a creative incubator and digital lab space located in Jacksonville, Florida. Their goal is to help foster a culture of creativity and innovation right here in our community. Today, I'm hanging out with Tony Smilagic. He's a photographer and founder of Create Jax. He is originally from Bosnia, but now based in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Tony. Thanks for being on the show.
1: <laughs> Hello, Michelle. Thank you.
0: Tony and I have known each other for about, I don't know, three years, and we're both photographers, so we, we kind of connected on that level, but I wanted to sit down with Tony today and kind of just get a little bit about his background. So how long have you been here in Jacksonville?
1: Uh, about two and a half, three years.
0: And then you were based in New York City before that?
1: Yes. So do you want to
0: walk us through a little bit, kind of, uh, how you ended up? So a quick
1: breakdown of life would be Bosnia until war started, then I was a refugee, went to, lived in Denmark, then Germany, five years, and then we came to Jacksonville. So I came to Jacksonville at age nine, left when I was 19, and I moved to Paris first, and then to New York, and then to Miami, and then to LA, and then in rotation, until two and a half, three years ago came back to Jacksonville.
0: I can't even believe that. That is, like, such a crazy... You're, you've are you been all over. Like, I didn't yeah. even know this. Like, I thought, okay, you were in <laughs> Bosnia and then New York and then you came to Jacksonville, but it sounds like you've sort of been...
1: Everywhere.
0: Everywhere. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I... It's kind of funny. When I first met Tony, we were talking about um, Bosnia a little bit because where I grew up in Waterloo, Iowa, we had a huge... Um, Bosnian population moved there because of the war. And I think they ended up there um, because we had a meat packing plant that mm-hmm. I think one person came over and then every, everybody, everybody came over. And so when I was in school, I ended up going to middle school with people who had just evacuated from Bosnia, had come to the U.S., had been Um, had seen friends and family members killed. I mean, and didn't speak any English. And it was really amazing, especially how they were able to assimilate into the culture, to me, seamlessly. You know, we had ESL obviously for Mm -hmm. them to learn English, but it was really a thing where um, it didn't take much time for you to feel like, you know, oh, this is a completely different culture, but I feel like they've been here forever especially because a lot of them um, opened restaurants and bakeries mm-hmm. and still to this day, whenever I go back home to Waterloo
1: I know, you sent me a picture. I sent Tony
0: pictures <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'm at the Bosnian Bakery, hey, I'm buying coffee, like which one should I get? You know what I mean? So I think that's so funny but um, why all the moving?
1: Uh, well, from Bosnia to here was because well, of the war. But then, you
0: yeah, and what was your experience during that time? Was it Was it you had to leave, or was it, because for people that are listening that maybe are unfamiliar with with what happened, I mean, so was, touch on it a little uh, bit,
1: maybe. Genocide, I guess, so I was three or four, four, mm-hmm. as it was happening, so everybody was, my sister, I'm in an odd position, because everybody's much older than I am, so right. I'm, my mom's in her 70s, my dad's passed, but my sisters are in their 50s, and I'm 29. So uh, my sisters, they already left uh, Bosnia at the time, and then it was just me and my mom, and we were kind of running around. There was really no choice in what we were doing. It wasn't, uh, there was no like mental breakdown of, oh, I have to assimilate into these cultures. It's just like, this is what you're doing. Right. I was comfortable with that in every place we moved to, so...
0: And why did your family choose to move around so much once they got, um...
1: Well, and once we got to Germany, we stayed there for five years, but that's uh, as long as, I guess, the period of time a refugee was allowed to be there at Mm. the time. So I think my sister was approved to stay longer, but we were not, so we had to leave. Um, So yeah. And then Jacksonville was, it was between Jacksonville and Toronto, and my mom does not like cold, so... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and Jacksonville, when we moved here, it was the largest Bosnian population in the United States. So it was, our entire neighborhood was 100% Bosnian.
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Most of them have moved around since then, but it was a massive, massive Bosnian population.
0: What neighborhood was that in Jacksonville?
1: It's called uh, La Mirada. Uh, I have no idea. I can't think of where it is now. I guess it's near the French Pantry. Where would that be? I don't know.
0: Southside? Maybe? It's not
1: Southside. It's... I don't know.
0: Do you know why so many... It's like
1: DuPont area. I don't
0: know. Do you know why so many Bosnian refugees ended up in Jacksonville?
1: Not exactly sure.
0: And did you feel like because there were so many um, people that were already here, did it feel comfortable, I guess?
1: No, because I didn't necessarily grow up around Bosnians. Right. Because we moved around. So, so was, I mean, I only had my family, which was very little. Um, so I didn't have that need for right. that connection to culture. Even when we lived in a neighborhood that was all Bosnian. I knew some of the Bosnian kids, but I was like, oh, the Albanians live across the street. And the Swedish or whoever, whatever other culture was there. We, right. I ended up going to the other neighborhoods I ended up kind of wanting to meet other people and yeah, so I don't know. The, so you I'm, I'm the least Bosnian <laughs> Bosnian person ever. But well
0: you know Bosnian coffee, so that's all yeah. that matters. <laughs> and how to make it. Yeah. Um it seems like you're sort of this Vagabond who kind of has like floated around the country. Yeah. I mean, you've lived more places than a lot of people I'm sure have lived in their lifetime. Um How did that affect your decision to, I guess, go into art and specifically photography?
1: Uh, Well, photography always had a camera. Even, like, the youngest pictures of me have always been with a camera in my hand or a camera covering my face. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I never took it seriously. Even, like, growing up through, like, middle middle school area, I then got a video camera. And we started doing, I don't know, random things with neighborhood kids and... In high school, I was always a kid with a camera in my hand, taking pictures of everyone and not letting people take pictures of me. Which Guilty. That has not <laughs> changed. Um, yeah, and it wasn't until, like, college time where I kept progressing in the finance world, and that's not where I wanted to be. The more corporate it got, the more I was like, okay, long-term-wise, this is not where I want to be. I want to meet people. I want to talk to people. I want to experience life, and that was... All of that encompassed what photography was to me.
0: So, was your um, major of study in college not photography?
1: No, it was international
0: business. And w- where did you end up going to school? U N F. Okay, here in here in Jacksonville. Um, Until
1: my junior year.
0: And then you decided. Drop that. Done. Yeah. I need to do something else.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the turning point was yep. uh, exactly, but it was. I remember specifically sitting in managerial accounting. Walked out middle of the class, which that professor now is over-accounting for cultural counsel, and, which is, it was a big... Full circle? Yeah. When I saw him, I was like, oh, you're the reason I quit. But um, So I went to the library, dropped all my classes, bought a one-way ticket, um, wrote my letter of resignation, and I just went.
0: You never looked back? No. So you'd never had any formal training... Photography? No. In photography. So you're you were completely self taught.
1: Yes, with the help of YouTube.
0: That's really funny <laughs> because when I went into um when I was thinking of when I was in high school and I was like, Oh, what am I gonna be, you know, when I'm older? And I I was like, Oh, I'll be a nurse, like, you know, that makes sense. Something practical You know, something practical, you know, I have good grades, I like people. And then the same thing happened to me where I had taken a darkroom class and I had always had a camera but like I never took it seriously like oh this is like a profession and I took a darkroom class and then I was like oh wow like I fell in love with darkroom photography like what about
1: darkroom photography film
0: photography I think just the process of it and like the tangible aspect of like creating an image and then processing it and seeing it right away Mm -hmm. and that it was sort of like your own little world like when you were in there it was like you were fully creative because you were like tweaking your image and you were adding contrast and you were, you know, seeing what you made. And I just thought that like the immediacy of that Well, now with digital, obviously it's completely immediate, but like at the time for me, it was like, it felt more like art Mm -hmm. and I never thought I was going to be an artist. I was like, I never considered it. And then when I thought about nursing, I had gotten my CNA when I was 16. So like I was working in a nursing home already as like a certified nurse. Nurses I was in
1: a nursing home, too. Yeah.
0: And I was, like, thinking about it. And then after the photography course, I was, like, I can't be inside. And that's all I kept thinking was, if I become a nurse, I'm going to have to be inside all day long. And that, for some reason, was enough for me to just be, like, nope. Sorry. Not going to do it. And then I ended up pursuing photography. photography. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that funny?
1: It's... Yeah.
0: So what drew you to photography at the beginning? Like when you made the decision of, okay, I'm going to switch from business and I've already put three years into this because I'm sure that that wasn't easy for you or, you know, perhaps your family.
1: Well, they didn't know until like years oh. later. Because like, <laughs> I told them I moved to Paris oh with a study abroad program. They didn't no. know I was just out there running around, running the streets. That takes some guts. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I think once you take that first leap of a really drastic something, whatever it is, especially as a young person who, where you can fail, you can fail really hard. Yeah. And you still have enough. You have time to pick yourself back up. It's not the same thing as like taking the leap when you're 45 and then nothing works out over a 10 year period of time. And then you're like, oh, struggling to live the rest of your life. Here you have, you can fail. and. That was okay to me.
0: Do you, yeah, and it's funny that you said that because I remember, um, I think when you have this, like, drive and you know that, like, okay, this isn't right for me, but perhaps this is is what I want to do, it's almost like your desire to do the thing is more important than what failure could ever bring. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, for me, when I moved from the Midwest to California and I had never been there. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any money to anyone. That sounds crazy. Like, Oh, you're going to move to LA by yourself and you've never been there.
1: Did you move there because of photography?
0: Yes. Okay. And I look back and my friends were like, Oh my God, I couldn't believe that you did that. And it was like,
1: I can't believe you didn't.
0: I Yeah. I was like, I, there was no other choice for me. Like this was, this was what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think when there's like, And I've had times in my life, and maybe that was for you when you were a junior in college, was like, well, if I don't do it now, then I'm never going to do it. And the older you get, the harder. Yeah. The harder those decisions. I mean,
1: you're going to overanalyze things. Right. Especially as a, where I am now, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that leap again. Right. It's.
0: So when you left school, you said you went to Paris? Yeah. And so what was your, um, I guess motivation (laughs) to go there was
1: it purely so like even in college um my friends Nandi and Claudia and whoever uh we were just doing random photo shoots Nandi would style Claudia would model or other way around or whatever it was we were always doing like random photo shoots and we were like oh this is so good and and it just started progressing from there we started meeting more people we I started meeting designers in Jacksonville started going to, like, warehouses that were closed and doing photo shoots in there, and it was, like, a lot of smoke bombs and, mm-hmm. you know, basically, like, anything you can think of uh, as a beginning person in photography. We've all been there. Yeah. I mean, looking back at those, they were horrible. You're, like, terrible. Horrible. Over-styled,
0: horrible, over- horrible makeup images. It's over everything.
1: Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at that point, I think it was all my friends' support in photography. Right. Because they don't know anything about photography, right? Most of us didn't know what a good photographer or good photography was, I didn't have other references in right. photography. So I was like, oh, they said I'm good. I guess I'll go. And then I, when I went to Paris and I started meeting real photographers, like... You just, like, like,
0: went there? Like, just showed up and was like, hey, I'm here? Like, was there a plan or a workshop uh, or anything that you were doing? Well,
1: I, I paid for an apartment for three months ahead of time, but... Because I was making a lot of money in Jacksonville.
0: Mm.
1: In finance, so I was... I paid for the apartment, but then the day before I left found out that was a scam. so when I got there it was uh uh stayed in a hostel for the first two nights, and I just messaged hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in Paris saying, I don't have any money. I have like a hundred dollars a month to give you uh this is what happened to me. Can I stay with you And one person took me in no way, yeah. And he was, like, a porn director. He, of course it was, he was. Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. Like, we became good friends over the period of time that I was there. And because I didn't have money, I walked everywhere around mm-hmm. Paris. Paris isn't that big, so you can, you can navigate Paris. Once you figure out how Paris works, you can kind of walk around everywhere, for the most part. And
0: Tony's really tall, so... Yeah. He can see
1: over people. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, I just navigated Paris that way, started meeting models for, like, Model Mayhem, and... Yeah. Um, I don't know, it was just random, and I would meet these models, and I would pick a different neighborhood each time, so I would shoot them in different neighborhoods, which, looking back, those pictures were horrible, so bad. But it, I kept going with it, and I was like, well, I already put in three months' work. Mm-hmm. Got back to Jacksonville, I'm like, this is not... This is not where... I'm supposed to be at mm-hmm. the moment. So I stayed in Jackson for like two weeks and me and my friend Nandi, we packed a U-Haul and we drove up to New York.
0: And then how was that experience?
1: Uh, rough. It's. Where I did you end up? In New York. Like in, in Queens. In Queens. Yeah, in um, South Richmond Hill. So my, friend, my friend's house, uh, thankfully he had a few properties, so we stayed like on a second floor of one of his houses for the first couple of months that we were there. And I don't know, and I mean from there it was just like move after move, we lived in so many different apartments and figuring out how to make ends meet and doing the most random things for money. Like the most random things for money. Just to, (laughs) (laughs) it it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting experience until you figure out who's who, uh, how things work, how the agencies work. Yeah how to connect with the designers, who you really should be working with and how to build a team. I think that was a huge thing you learn over Mm -hmm. time is especially because if you have a team of a makeup artist and a hairstylist and a stylist, and if everyone's working together, even at the beginning, if it's all for free, eventually one of you starts getting more clients from something else. And then they bring you on to their job. You bring them on to that job. You start recommending your core team to other people and you kind of grow that way. Right. So it's instead of one person networking, you have six people that are all actively networking. Right. Know, especially in New York where that's all you do. You cannot sit around. You have to
0: Network. it's a
1: non stop, non stop movement kind of city. The second you sit down you're behind.
0: So was fashion always something that you were interested in pursuing when you found, you know, kind of your love for photography or was it sort of
1: fell into fashion, fell into fashion? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't grow up like reading Vogue's and et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't until college time where like the styling and fashion aspect, I think that's where I could get more creative and still be with people, Mm -hmm. still document people and build teams together. And yeah, I don't know put something together with a group of people and then that's it kind of translated over and I started getting more interested in fashion and uh, I guess studying it more, studying fashion photographers and I loved what people could do with fashion. Who
0: were some of your inspirations?
1: Uh, originally it was like Guy Burden and Peter Lindbergh. They were like Amazing. those are my two.
0: Because Tony's work, which I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen if you're listening to this, to me has... Like a definite Peter Limberg vibe, like a Bruce Weber, almost where it's like yeah. hev- hev- heavy on the black and white and contrast and, you know, heavy sort contrast. of. Yeah, heavy yeah. contrast, heavy <laughs> drama, um, but has that sort of timeless sense about it. Yes. Which is probably a stark contrast to your very first pictures, if you were to look back, which...
1: I'm not looking were back. are probably color, overstyled.
0: <laughs> At least I can I can attest to that, because <laughs> if I learned anything, it was less is always more. Yeah. And it looks more expensive, it looks more polished, it looks more editorial. But you kind of have to, like, go through that phase Yeah, to I mean, know. you figure out
1: what you like, what you yeah. don't like, and Peter's always was... Like, slick back hair, no makeup, or very little makeup, and, like, a Calvin Klein shirt, and jeans, whatever. And it's it's so simple, but then you put, like, a Kate Moss in it, and you know how to bring out whatever you need to bring out out of a model, or you just collaborate with the right model. And And they do the job for you. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a good team is, a good model is a very, I understand why they're so sought after.
0: How did you go about building your team when you were in New York? Was it purely through uh, social media or was it?
1: Kind of. Um, it was, there were a bunch of us that moved to New York all around the same time. Like a bunch of people from Jacksonville. Like we were all, so it was like my friend, Victor, who's, I mean, all of them, half of them are still up there. Um, but he was a makeup artist, hair stylist, and then manicurist at the end. And Nandi was a stylist and, we had, like, a, Redner was there, who he's back now in Jacksonville, but he's the first one that started working with, like, a small modeling agency, and then he brought all of us along to that agency, so we were all working there for free. Cool. Um, but we were able to meet a bunch of random models who just wanted to be signed. We didn't know anything. They didn't know anything.
0: Works out perfect. It was,
1: yeah. It, it was an interesting experience, which a lot of them now are, like, really big models, and I was like, oh, and we just took them for granted back I have friends like that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. I understand why. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, you just uh, navigate that way. Even through the modeling agency, you meet other photographers because I was the one putting together, like, the test shoots, getting the models to go to tests with photographers. So I started building relationships with other photographers
0: Mm.
1: or at least meeting them and knowing their work and then started hanging out sometimes with them and you meet other people that way and it's a never-ending cycle of meeting people until you find the right people, until you find people who you really click with and you know you can grow with, and it's, yeah, because a lot of people are just there for a quick hit, for, they're there while you're hot, for that one shoot, for that whatever, and then you kind of go your own way, but there are certain certain people that you work with them, and you're like, I really like how you flow, Right. Um, You think two steps ahead, you don't complain, you don't, there's no drama attached to you, and those are the people you want to stick around with you. You want that, you want a good reputation. A bad reputation will get you, um, it can ruin you, especially in a place like New York where everybody knows everyone once you're like in the modeling agency, you know, circle,
0: I think the standard is so much higher, and especially, Mm -hmm. like, my experience from L.A. and yours in New York, that's the same thing that I learned, was, like, you can't be a jerk. You know, it gets around, and people, you know, your reputation is everything, and, like, how you treat people. It's not just jerk, it's, like, sexual
1: harassment. Yeah, uh, all of it. And then finding out, like, some of the bookers, how they're in cahoots with the... I guess this is coming from the gay side where yeah. you have, uh, male gay bookers, which a lot of the bookers, not all of them, but a lot of the male bookers uh, agencies end up, they're usually gay or yeah. something like that, and then a lot of the male photographers end up being gay or mm-hmm. some, and then seeing, how, like their dynamic and how they take advantage of the models and especially the male models and I'm like it, it doesn't sit right with you and mm-hmm. then once the models start talking and the models started clicking up and discussing other photographers and agencies, uh, it can, I've seen careers ruined over and over again because of things they try to pull.
0: Yeah. And I think for me being a female photographer, I maybe had like, a, not an advantage, but I think, um, I did use it to my advantage because mm-hmm. like I was always shooting women, but obviously like. They knew if they were shooting with me that, you know, it was a professional experience and there wasn't something else behind that.
1: Yes. (laughs) And that was my. So for me, it was a little bit harder to shoot with men, especially with um, even though I shot a lot of men. Yeah. uh, It takes a while before your reputation is there to where they're comfortable with you. They know even if I'm asking for implied nudity, whatever it is, there's I don't care about right. your body i just i want it for this image right. and not so so much let me share your naked body to the rest of the world or not whoever. like a
0: robert maplethorpe <laughs> right. right
1: right 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 uh and then with women it was a lot easier because yeah. women all you have to mention is like i'm not interested in yeah. you and they are like oh, okay yeah, top off. yeah it's running around naked nobody cares so much easier yeah
0: um, so when you were in New York, it sounds like you learned a lot. You learned how to build teams. You learned how to work with agencies and models, and that's kind of all a part of the, I guess, education mm-hmm. um, for you know photographers, especially photographers interested in fashion. What then brought you back to Jacksonville?
1: Uh, my sister that was here, she moved to Germany, um, and my mom would be here by herself. She's mm. not in the best health shape, so I moved back, and it was. I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't think about it twice. It was just like, I'm moving to Germany. I'm like, okay, I'll be back. Right. And I came.
0: And um, how long ago was that?
1: I want to say three, it can be three years. I think two and a half years. Two and a half? Yeah.
0: And then what's kind of been your focus now, you know, that you're in Jacksonville? What was sort of your experience when you got back and you know, what things did you try and what worked, what didn't?
1: Um, even when I was visiting Jacksonville, when I, when I came from like New York to Jacksonville, the thing that always brought me out was Art Walk. So during Art Walk time, I was like, oh, there are cool people in Jacksonville. Just people who can express themselves through clothing, through whatever, and they all came out during Art Walk. Um, right. So when I came back, I was like, well, I'm going to, I can't go into Comcast Life or I can't just throw everything I just did away. Let me see how I can incorporate it into a new market. So when I got back, I started documenting people at ArtWalk and then that led to meeting people who were parts of galleries, et cetera, et cetera. So I just started doing all these free shoots. I was just documenting everything until I met enough people to be like, oh, okay, he can do something right. Maybe he's valuable. Let's give him a job here and there. And then you kind of built off of that.
0: Was that um, the inspiration behind the creation of Create Jax? Yes. Which for those of people listening that don't know, what what is Create Jax? Uh,
1: it was just introducing Jacksonville to the people of Jacksonville and visitors. Just the cool side of Jacksonville. Or at least how I saw Jacksonville. How I experienced Jacksonville. I was always surrounded by really dope people just there are so many dope people in Jacksonville it's uh insanely intelligent creative whatever you can think of like it's a little bit slower but they're here
0: and that was a a blog platform correct yes Yes. and you also have social media handles so you share your images from the events yeah that you go to and they're usually art focused or fashion or Yeah, a Uh, lot of it was fashion-focused, especially,
1: like, when I started with Art Walk was I would see these people who would express themselves in clothing, and I'm like, oh, this is dope. You usually don't see this running around Jacksonville, so I started highlighting them. And then people eventually, like, within, like, a six-month period, people would come up to me and be like, I dressed up in case you would catch me today. Oh, you're like the
0: Bill Cunningham (laughs) (laughs) of Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, that's... Cool. I never thought about that, but
0: you're like the Bill Cutting. <laughs> R.I.P. Except you don't have like the major newspaper behind you, like publishing like uh, yeah. not yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, our newspapers like uh, <laughs> yeah going away. So
1: yeah, which is fine. Which is why I have social media.
0: Yeah, and the the blog. Um, platform is great for, you know, obviously instantaneously sharing because I feel like your turnaround time is really fast.
1: Yeah, usually 24 hours. Yeah,
0: which is, I mean, oh. and everyone gets to see, you know, themselves and yeah. what you've been doing. So how have you, um, how has the... Transition in Jacksonville from New York, kind of that sort of lifestyle. Been was it hard for you when you came back to say, well, uh, you know, maybe the models aren't here and the agencies aren't here and I'm not really able to do these like full commercial, fashion shoots or editorials, you know, like other major cities.
1: Oh, I knew it wasn't here, so I didn't. So you didn't, I didn't have an expectation
0: of like, oh, well, maybe it is or maybe it isn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't anticipate that there's. Uh, there's no fashion industry here. I right. mean, It's not it's not a thing. Right. Which, that's not like to be shady about Jacksonville. Was just it doesn't exist here. Right. Um, I knew a few models that I worked with over when I came back to visit. I, I have friends here like uh, RG or whoever who are still in the scene, even if it's just like a bridal shows that they do or whatever, but sometimes they'll meet models. Uh, sometimes they'll meet models who have an interesting... Face And then they would connect me. And then I would follow up with them when I was visiting. So I knew if I wanted to shoot some interesting faces, you can still find them here. It's just there's no value in it for them Mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, So sometimes it's a little bit harder to get them out to do things. Or they don't want to get too crazy. Or I don't know. But that wasn't... That, there was no expectation when I came to Jacksonville. That's why I was like, let me go into the art market, into the gallery spaces, the creative spaces, and see how Jacksonville was kind of developing and see how specifically the urban core was developing. Because that, that was my only thing that brought me back to um, like an urban living situation where New York was like busy streets downtown, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I wanted out of Jacksonville. And I was like, why is downtown Jacksonville trash? Like there's, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's so little going on. I love the people who are trying to do something. I mean, regardless of where you are in the city, but there's still so much to do and there's no residents and there's, there's just so many factors that go into developing these things and I I kind of see myself just as a vessel of showing that there are cool things that happen in the urban core, and maybe it will get to the eyes of UNF students, FSCJ students, whoever it is, to actually come out to these things that are happening, and you never know.
0: I feel like that's sort of how I look at things as well, where it's like you're kind of doing more of like a community service by saying like, okay, like this is what can happen. This is what is happening and highlighting it like you do. Mm -hmm. I think is extremely important because if you think about the generations coming up, they might have a different opinion on Jacksonville than say somebody who's lived here for 40 years or 50 years where they're like, oh, there's no culture. But like a young teenager coming up that's like, oh, I just went to this art show. I just went to Art Walk. I just went to this little pop-up gallery. I just went to this cool new cafe I went you know what I mean like they might have a different perspective oh yeah so that's kind of how I mean I agree with you 100% I think continuing to do more of that is important the the hard thing for me is like it seems like Jacksonville is a city where a lot of people want it to be something better and different and Mm -hmm. more because they see the potential where it's like we have a great location we have a great downtown we have good weather we have beautiful water you know all of these elements that would make any city amazing. There's just not enough of of yeah. that. There's just not enough. You know, culture, development, young people, opportunities. You know all the things that like make a city like mm-hmm. New York, L. A., Chicago, Austin, Portland. You, you think know, about the people Denver, who are running those
1: cities, and it's yeah. You don't have these like old gatekeepers who don't want the change who are okay with the way it is so there's a fight yeah
0: there's like this fight where it's like like you go to art walk and you see all of these creative people and you're like oh my god they're here and like Mm -hmm. they come to our shows and I'm like oh my gosh like there's some really cool people here where are all of these people like these creative like out of the box thinkers um you know it's like they're in hiding or, you know, you just don't see them on a day to day basis. So you don't think that they are here. But if you go to a place like New York or L.A. and you, you know, go to West Hollywood and in L.A. and you walk around and you see everything. I mm-hmm. mean, you see all kinds of people and you're like, oh, this is so refreshing. Like yeah. this is so. But like.
1: And no one judges. No, no one judges. cares. No one cares. I think that's the yeah. main thing is the fear of judgment here is yeah. pretty high.
0: Well, it's hard to be unique and stand out because you're you're the minority. Yeah. So I think it's harder for people to to do that. So it's like, well, when is when is it going to tip? You know, when is when is that group of people going to eventually get large enough where it kind of mm-hmm. you know, it tips over. And I think people have been waiting for that. They're hoping that it happens. And I think things like you're doing with create jacks and documenting the city is extremely important because it shows people every single day in a visual way. Well, all of these people are here. You just have to open your eyeballs and see it.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it's too late for, not too late, but for our generation and a little bit older, they're already used to the way Mm -hmm. it's going, but I'm more interested now in the 20-year-olds who are really fucking killing it yeah i'm not allowed to cuss yeah <laughs> um, they're killing it they're doing it yep. they they're doing interesting things they're combining mediums they're creating teams and creating work that's that has a potential to be something amazing and i don't know and they're putting on shows and they're getting hundreds of people out and they're i don't know it's refreshing to see that i definitely look like the old person at if I attend one of these things, but it's cool to see. And I hope, I hope the city also is able to see that in some way to support these people and not force them to move, which was kind of me. I'm like, there's no, there's no creative spaces necessarily to build on uh, from a business perspective. It's very hard as like a 20 year old to build a business a media business, at least that's what it was 10 years ago uh, in Jacksonville, I hope the city sees that there is talent here and they somehow yield funds or whatever it is, give them opportunities to continue creating here and not Mm. just push them out into a different city. Which I mean, people should experience different cities, but bring the talent back as well.
0: No, I think that's a really good point. And I, and I do think that that is an issue where there are really talented people here, but they do end up leaving. Um, you know, I've, I'm not a native to Jacksonville, and I've only been here three years. So, mm. you know, I've heard stories of people, you know, why would I stay here? Like, why wouldn't I go and try to experience life elsewhere? And I think the hope is that there's more people like you, which perhaps if you do take a little bit of hiatus from Jacksonville, you can leave, but then you can come back and bring that knowledge mm-hmm, um, back and and help. Because um, at least you promote, see from, mm-hmm, you what see what it could be. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the problem too. Is there's a lot of disconnect with the people that are living here because you know I think there's a handful of people that can see what it could be, but there's also a handful of people here that have never left the city and really haven't experienced mm-hmm. a lot outside of Jacksonville because Jacksonville is a decently large city, so there's really no reason to really like leave if you don't want to. I mean, you could be, have a comfortable career here. So I think the perception is, oh, it's fine. But like, if you were to really go to another uh, country, another, you know, city, another continent, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And see, oh wow, like this kind of like has the landscape of Jacksonville or it sort of like reminds me of, of, of home. But like wow, the 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 vibrancy of this city and the food and the culture and the people—it just feels so much more alive. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people here um, see. Yes. They see that like a handful that it could be something else. But then, like I said, there are the people that are here that have never, you know, potentially experienced. Mm-hmm. Something so to them, and it's hard
1: to sell somebody an idea that they haven't. They have an experience, seen. yeah.
0: And I think a lot of that goes hand in hand with, you know, when you were talking about like who's making decisions for the city. Um, you know, I would encourage everyone who is in any type of city officials to travel as much as possible and. Oh, you I'm know, all for people moving. Go move, and get other ideas, want. like you know, go and go and be inspired. But you know, don't settle for less than you know the potential mm-hmm. and i think it's it's just easier sometimes for people to you know just settle <laughs> yeah less work you know who wants who why would you want to work really hard if you didn't have to yeah i mean it's easier here <laughs> right? it's easier here um <laughs> jesus no not uh, not Slogan. moving on <laughs> um with that so um with everything that you've done, and it sounds like you definitely have a, um, you know, there's, there's some philanthropic, you know, motivation I feel like behind what you do. I mean, you're definitely consumed with the community, and you care mm-hmm. about what's happening. Um, what, where are you trying to move with your with your business with Create Jax? I mean, where, what what does the next five to ten look like for you on a professional level as a photographer?
1: Mm, five to ten, I no longer look at. I used to be obsessed with that and I was like you don't know I don't know what's gonna happen in two years like to even plan ahead to like five to ten years is crazy to me Mm -hmm. just as far as like specifics go I would love to go down the film route. the as far as recording um events
0: oh like cinematography Um, yeah not like film photography
1: no yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so uh more video oh Uh, cool yeah yeah. so I I mean these are all things that I'm interested in and are being put together as we speak uh, and putting on pop-up events and putting on I don't know I'm still gathering information on what it is uh, which direction to go with this and how long I plan on sticking around in Jacksonville mm-hmm. so as of now I have that's what I said with a two year plan two yeah. year wise I will still be in Jacksonville I think after that's around the time that I may want to move again mm-hmm. or do something else I don't know um, it, it
0: sounds like you kind of live day to day which is which is good
1: yeah sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah um, I mean is there any um, potential that create Jax turns into like a full-fledged media company
1: uh, I thought about that when I originally started it but yeah. I don't know I don't know. I'd love to get more younger people involved. Even if I end up giving up Create Jacks in the future, I'd love to pass it on to someone younger and more involved with whatever is being built in Jacksonville. Right. Um so figuring out how to do that and um, I don't know, it's hard for me to involve people now. I think we discussed this before, yeah. I'm like I want younger kids to do it uh, that are super talented at doing it. It's just also getting them the funds to do it or they might not see the same value that I see in shooting an event for half my rate or for free because at that specific event I know there's a specific person I'd like to meet Mm -hmm. and I know three months from now it'll pay off but to sell that to someone else you can't if they don't find the same value or they don't have the same vision as you do as far as uh, where you'd like to go. So there's that. It's the back and forth of the business side of photography and Jacksonville and the arts.
0: Last question is, um, I think because you're so tied to Jacksonville, um, what is your one hope for Jacksonville?
1: More involvement from the youth. That's that's it. Not not just in the creative sense, but more involvement in the youth in politics and getting those seats filled, getting in, becoming assistants to the council members, doing. But as of now, I don't see enough interest in the people who are younger in the political side of Jacksonville, which is kind of, you need some people in there to do the things you want. Stir, they, stir it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, ask the questions that they don't want to be asked or are uncomfortable being asked. Um, and a lot of people who are interested in politics at a younger age well like 18, 19, whatever, they end up leaving they go to a more politically charged city, at least from my experience and meeting these people um, but here it's or they go through the cycle here and they're like, this is not going anywhere and then they give up so I guess in, on that aspect I have hope
0: mm-hmm.
1: young people in politics which has nothing to do with business of photography or any of that or create jacks but just seeing the right people in positions of power i hope it goes in that direction
0: me too well thank you tony
1: (laughs) this is the most random thing but thank you
0: hey guys thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm so glad i got to have the chance to sit down and chat with tony about his start in photography and his dreams for jacksonville And if you would like to connect with Tony, I will make sure to have all of his links below in the show notes and make sure to give him a follow. But before we sign off today, please leave a review and share us with your friends. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.